Welcome to our podcast. We are two passionate preschool teachers here in Yeg. And together we are the hosts of Empowered Parents Equals Empowered Children. My name is Hoka. And I'm Cynthia. And today is Friday. Yay. Oh, it is It I'm is so Friday. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's not. Yeah, the it days is are kind of blending in together, but today is Friday. Yeah, and so this is our podcast. This yes. is our first podcast Friday. on the first Friday that we do it. Pretty cool. So we're very excited to do this. It's a, it's a topic that I feel it's very personal and I have a lot of feelings for it. I guess yes. that's what I'm trying to say. I have a lot of feelings for this. Good feelings, I think. Positive feelings. I think positive feelings. It might be an uncomfortable topic mm-hmm. for a lot, mm-hmm. for most, for me too, to talk about. But I think it's really important that we do. Mm-hmm. So I feel that we're starting our podcast off with a bang. This is how we are. Yep. <laughs> we don't fool around. No fooling around. No wasting time. The yeah. topic of a podcast is understanding racism so that we can raise anti-racist children. Love it. And I think it's a very important topic because um, the first part of it is understanding racism. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I want to start by, you know, just putting this question out there what does it feel to experience racism and if we can share those stories somebody that hasn't experienced it can maybe not understand it to the point that it's personal also but but just you know listening to others hearing other stories and acknowledging absolutely Mm -hmm. so what can you tell uh us about how have you experienced racism cynthia Sure, I can give um, a, a couple of ex- uh, experiences, I think, as a woman of color. Um, so I can give you personal experience also, as well as experiences in the classroom, which mm-hmm. has been very interesting for me to reflect on. Um, I uh, am a biracial child. My dad is African-American and heritage, and my mom is Irish-English heritage. Um, so, but the world sees me as a black woman. Mm-hmm. I have great, amazing, kinky, curly hair mm-hmm. and brown skin. Um, it's taken me a while to love myself, but, um, you know, the... The grace about getting older is that you just kind of learn to accept Mm -hmm. yourself. So it's been really amazing um, for me to see this movement uh, that's been been going on in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and has now come or has been also uh, in Canada. Um, I know Hoka, you and I both went to the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. March. Um, it feels like it was so long ago, Fifth, but it... <laughs> June 5th. Yeah. So a month and a... Well, two yeah. months. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I'll just... Uh, you know what? I'll start there f- for a moment that um, when I got home... Now I'm going to get a little teary. Um, when I got home from that March... I was the first time that I was ever really um, proud of my brown skin. Mm -hmm. And to hear people say Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. um, meant everything, everything to me. Um, I think here in Edmonton there you know I could give you know a laundry list of experiences that I've had Um, but I can give you I think I'll do two um, experiences just and really recent experiences Mm -hmm. so they're on my mind one is a very um, subtle thing that happened and I'm sure the person who um made the comment would not see themselves as racist so at the moment I am looking uh, to moving um, my business to another facility we've grown out of our space that we're in there was a young fellow who was coming in to look at 
the space um, where Little Lotus is um, to see if it was going to be suitable for his needs to rent. I had been listening kind of offhand doing some work and the woman who owns the building was giving him the tour. When she asked what he did uh, for his business, he immediately went into detail Mm -hmm. about his business. Unbeknownst to him, he didn't actually know that I was in the other room, so I, I, I could hear, you know, what he was saying, but he didn't know that I was there and listening. So when they came into uh, my space, I then asked him what was his business, and his first response was, well, it's high-end. Just like that. Just like that. And... You know, to some, that might not seem like anything, but to me, mm-hmm. um, I, I could immediately feel where, where it was. Uh, he was insinuating that I really don't have to tell you because you probably can't afford it. So mm-hmm. basing my um, financial situation on the color of my skin, that subtle, Um, I'm pretty sure he would not see himself as racist. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he would not see, um, he wouldn't, I, it's so ingrained that I don't think he could see it, but as a person of color, these are things that we see all, all the time. Um, and in the classroom, um, I once had a family and, you know, she she said to me, "Well, I mean this in the nicest way." But she said that before she was going to say what you were going to say. Um, when she told the story, yes, she did. She's like, "I mean, I you know, I mean mm. this in the nicest way." When we first saw you in the classroom, we thought you were a mean teacher. But, you know, we, our son you know, was in your class and you turned out you were a really amazing teacher and we had a, a great year and we were so excited when our daughter got to be in your class, you know, two or three years later. And again, hurtful mm-hmm. that because of my curly hair and my brown skin just made the assumption mm-hmm. that I was mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, right, right, right there, I, um, was pretty disappointed and hurt. And the other co-workers, the teachers, didn't get a parent that said something like that. No, no. Right? No. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And even, you know, I think, you know, I I had another parent recently say to me, um, well, you know, you're not a real teacher. And again, would she have said that to some of our coworkers mm-hmm. who have just as much experience or maybe have a different skin tone? Probably not, right? Where I think as a as a woman of color, people can say um, say these things. So yes, this has been, um, I mean, ongoing for me my whole entire life. It's been tricky in 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 the classroom setting. But I also see myself as a tool Mm -hmm. that I'm here to represent Mm -hmm. black women um, Mm -hmm. and um, model for our families and for our children that, um, you know, people of color can be teachers. People Mm -hmm. of color can be kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Anything. Uh, Exactly. The impact of those experiences, Mm -hmm. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. There are. Um, I could very hurtful the impact mm-hmm. of those because it's just assumptions, and it's not direct. Like a lot of people think racism is, uh, you know, just calling you know uh, racist slurs or saying those things and labeling people. Absolutely. And yeah. it's not just that; it's the subtlety that is so ingrained in our system. Those microaggressions. Abs- absolutely. Um, I I feel now. <laughs> As a woman of a certain age, I have no time for it. And mm-hmm. lately, when I've been on these letter writing campaigns, um, I don't want to be a Karen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
out there in public. So I will send my my Karen emails. Mm-hmm. Um, but there have been a, a few times in the last couple of years where, I mean, it's been blatant racism. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, gone on a pretty heavy-duty letter-writing campaign to these companies, calling them out mm-hmm. for their um, their employees uh pretty much using I mean being racist and or the microaggressions Mm -hmm. I think that's really I don't think I think this is where I guess it's okay to be a Karen I mean you know I think this this would be the moment that if that's what people are labeling this uh, behavior I think this is this applies you can be a Karen this in this one time thanks Oka it's again me out of think out of the box (laughs) um See, this is why you're so diplomatic and I'm very like not. You're like, no, I'm going to put on the camera. We're going to say it. (laughs) Uh, But I think, you know, if if this is what we're going to describe that behavior and label it as a Karen, I think this is where it's it's okay. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's it's enough. And we always say enough is enough. But when is it going to stop? When is it going to change? If you hadn't written those letters to these companies, um, nothing would have changed absolutely um and and it's interesting that one of the companies uh and both of these letters were written in the within the last year but prior to sort Mm -hmm. of the um, black lives movement Mm -hmm. that has happened um both took it seriously but i i would be curious now to see um how it it would be Mm -hmm. handled because one of the companies um, you know, ensured me that they have, uh, you know, training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also question who's doing the training, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. When you can hear it from me as a person of color, when I walk into a store and people think I'm going to steal things or follow me around, you know, when you hear it, it would be different um, from me. It, I, I think having, you know, being followed around and my experience being able to train somebody about it than just having someone who may have never ever had these experiences mm-hmm. up there training their employees mm-hmm. about it yeah um i you know when you were saying that they were training um now i'm thinking these people like got an education they went to school they're in the job and mm-hmm. now they're having to be trained yes and that just shows the lack of uh, information and education mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about it that our kids are not getting in school. Ab- absolutely. And that's why I think um, this movement has, though uncomfortable for a lot of people to, to talk about, mm-hmm. I think it is an opportunity and a moment in time um, where we can really move forward with our children see in my case uh i've experienced racism i guess in more in a more microaggression manner Mm -hmm. because i have been like you know it was interesting i was talking to my kids about us doing this podcast and i was talking about you know race racism with my children and the first time I experienced that, I guess, in that way, it, I was seven years old, and this was in Mexico. And the, we just moved to this area, so we were new in the community. And it's the time where you still go outside and play outside all day long, right? <laughs> so all the children, we were playing together, and a lot of kids start, started calling me the Chinese girl. And I thought no I'm not I'm just like you like I'm Mexican and I'm from Mm -hmm. Mexico I'm not Chinese why is and why is that a bad thing I was thinking I never went and asked my mom things never really bothered me I just I I didn't care for those things but now looking back Mm -hmm. I should have asked my mom and I should have gone but I just thought to myself no I'm not and why is that bad right and then I grew up with that you know you know people and you know me making fun of me for mm-hmm. looking Asian right? and me, th- in, in me thinking like, I would say, but no, I, but, but why are you making it a funny or a joke? 
and even if I was, and even if I was, why, why is that, why is a that bad, exactly? Uh, uh, why, why are we talking about it? Yes. Why? Yeah. yeah. Why is that even a topic? So it's amazing that even as a young child, you recognize that but that was not okay. That was not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now moving to Canada, uh, and you know, going to the park with my kids when they were younger, I got a lot of comments, different times, different occasions. Uh, if I was the the nanny, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with that one <laughs> because you know. And and one time this m- woman, um, she heard me speak in Spanish to my kids, and so she approached me and she was excited. She also spoke Spanish, and then we talked. And she's also from Mexico, mm-hmm. and she said, "Oh, so are you the nanny in Spanish?" Right. <laughs> and I was I was like, uh, "No, I am the mom." Yep. And she said, and she she continued and said, oh, I just assumed you were the nanny because your kids are blonde and mm-hmm. they must look like their father then. And yeah, sure, they look like their father, and but they're my kids. Absolutely. So it's those assumptions that yes. sometimes I just think, you know, if you, people need, need to re- reflect on those mm-hmm. and maybe keep, keep those to yourself. Yes. If it's not gonna be sound positive, mm-hmm. or in a in re- or respectful, yes, in any way, then don't say then it. Then why say it? I had a similar <laughs> incident with Connor, who's very very fair, and at one point, I mean, he was maybe six, and we were getting ready to leave the park, and it was a drawn out experience as it can be with six year old, and I got a little yelly, you know, get in the car, and you know, someone. Uh, this woman approached me and sort of was like, you know, should you be yelling at the child? Not that it's right to yell at your child, (laughs) but she was assuming that I was the nanny. Mm -hmm. And I think my response was, I'm the mom and I can yell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But again, that assumption of just because a child doesn't necessarily look how you think it should look, um, or the child should look at, um, yeah, wh- why, why are you, why are you asking people? Well, that's the thing. Um, and you know what just happened also recently, I took Jacob to an ultrasound. Um, and, um, we just, I don't know he just woke up with something on her, on his head. We went and it was nothing. And Good. it was gone by the time we went for the <laughs> ultrasound. Of course. I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we get there and the lady's like, so where is the little, you know, bump on your head? <laughs> it's gone, but we had the appointment, so we had to come. So we go in and he's sitting and the lady uh, is telling Jacob to sit still. And he's very fidgety. Mm-hmm. So in Spanish, because I speak mostly in Spanish to my kids, I said to Jacob, you know, stay still. And then she looked up to me and said, oh, you speak Spanish? In Spanish, she asked. Okay. And then in Spanish, I responded, yes. And then in English, she responded, oh, I couldn't tell. And then she went, she turned to the computer. I was Mm -hmm. speechless. That's... Everything that we have experienced in the last couple of months was running through my head that I couldn't even respond. And we get in the car and then I asked Jacob... Um, what, like, what did, did, did he say? Like, what did he think? Right. And Grace too. And Jacob was like, I was not okay with that. Mm-hmm. And Grace said, um, I don't want to be rude, mom, but I think she thought you were from a country that don't speak Spanish. But again, yes, absolutely, I think that's what it, she thought also. Because right. I get it, uh, every time I get that, you know, assumption right. towards me that, you know, I'm Asian, I should speak, yeah. I, sp- I must speak uh, Mandarin, Mandarin. Right. right, Japanese. Or, and so that was Grace's, you know, <laughs> logic. Right. And I go, yes. I think you're probably right. Mm-hmm. But again, um, we can't go in our lives assuming things. And, and I mean, it is easy to assume. I assume things too. But, but you're, l- I'm learning and trying to yes. be aware of my assumptions. Yes. And what I love, Hoka, is that you brought that uh, to Jacob and Grace's attention. And I think, you know, what we're, we're trying to talk about with parents is having those discussions. They're awkward and they're hard, um, but we need to have those discussions. 
I think so. You know, I've been normally I like doing that, even if it's uncomfortable um, to the with the kids. You know, I like to say, did you see that? What do you think of it? Right. Mm -hmm. What do you, you know, that's not OK or this and that. Um, but it is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And um, speaking of speak, you know, talking to your kids about it and it can be uncomfortable when my first um, experience with a lady, th you know, assuming that I was the nanny at mm -hmm. the park, mm -hmm. um, Michael would have been six years old. When we walked home, he asked me, why did the lady say you were the nanny? And mm. that was the first time wow. that I actually said this words to my kid. And I said, she thought I was the nanny because you are, you have very fair skin and mm -hmm. blonde hair. Mm -hmm. And I don't have, I, my, my skin is brown mm -hmm. and I have dark hair. That's mm -hmm. why she thought I was the nanny. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what? Like because your mom, like, he's right? Like, That's like, so weird. Yeah. And I was like, that was the first time. Mm -hmm. um, before that, I didn't need to. Yeah. And, and so then I had to. Being a diverse family, mm -hmm. I, I get those assumptions a lot. Mm -hmm. or or Mac like the, oh that's your wife yes you know or my kids um that's oh, your mom that's your mom mm -hmm. or me oh you're the nanny right right so uh, then I started to talk to the kids about it more you know and how those assumptions are not okay and how maybe we can rethink our thought yes and just you know see somebody for who that person is rather than what the color of the skin, the look of her face, even uh, her body, her hair, anything. Absolutely. It's, it's, it, it's just an, a human, mm -hmm. just like you. Yep. So, um, so we talked about that. That was the first time with the kids and we, it's been a non, like a continuous, you know, conversation journey, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and I asked also Matt if he really, uh, understood racism or how he understood it. I mm -hmm. guess that was my question. Um, and he said, you know, he's born and raised in Edmonton. Um, he is white. Mm -hmm. um, he has experienced racism in Mexico when he first came. Hmm. He was 18 years old when he came to Mexico for the first time for the summer. Um, he felt, you know, people calling him El Gringo. Mm -hmm. It is a racial it is a racist blur, slur. It is, um, it means like foreign, like you don't belong. Mm -hmm. And it's used a lot. And it seems to be very accepted in, I, in, this, in society. Sure, I've heard my husband call himself that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, and it is, you can say, oh, it's not with bad intentions mm -hmm. that someone called you that. But name-calling is name-calling, right? It doesn't matter if it's the N-word, the G-word, yeah. right? When it, but when you know what that means, if you look, if you take the time to look what that really means mm -hmm. or how it's used, then I guess it's, it's your, you have the choice. Right. It's, it's, it's your choice whether to use it or not and how you're going to use it. But because he felt it was just like a derogatory manner mm -hmm. of being racist towards him. Mm -hmm. Um that that was his first time experiences experiencing racism at 18 years old right and he never experienced it as a child or through his childhood he didn't have a life a lifetime of experiencing it mm -hmm. like you or i yep and m many others and he could return to canada at any time and not experience it again yes so that was the only time yep he always he could move overseas we could we could not he right we could move overseas <laughs> anywhere as a family as a yes. family and he still feels safe yes the the color of his skin is not a concern to him absolutely and how people are gonna take him so the facts are because of white privilege yes for yep. him yep and I would have to say it was very similar for for Grant. And we sort of had this aha moment um, a couple of years ago where um, it's sort of like what you said to, um, you know, to Michael, to Grant, I'm his wife. We both grew up Canadian. He doesn't see me as the color mm -hmm. of my skin. I'm just the love of his life and vice versa. Um 
you know, I remember when we first got married or we're going to get married, people were like, well, you know, are you going to tell, you know, because his family's from uh, Saskatchewan. We were living in Toronto at the time. And, you know, friends and family were like, oh, are you going to tell, you know, does his family know that you're black? Because it might be an issue. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sort of like, I'm me. me and mm-hmm. culturally, we both grew up very s- s- similar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he, Grant really had a moment um, where he recognized his privilege and Mm -hmm. we have been driving um in the states um to our place in las vegas and we had forgotten our registration and insurance for the car Mm -hmm. i was in panic mode um because i know um even though we hadn't, I mean, even though, you know, there's been a lot more in the news about uh, people of color being pulled over by the police, this is just something um, you, you know, I, I, I know and mm-hmm. worry about. Mm-hmm. And, and even though I didn't talk about it, it still was in the back of my mind. And when I discovered that the insurance uh, wasn't in there, uh, or the registration for the car, I, like I said, was having a meltdown. I was really upset. I was crying. Grant was getting ready to come back to Canada, leaving me with the car. And I, you know, kind of put my foot down. I said, we need to get this information um, because I am not going to be here in the States driving this car mm-hmm. and out of, out of country car as a black woman. And he didn't have that understanding and then um sort of when a lot more conversations were were had that was his aha moment of his privilege where yeah it, it wasn't a worry or a concern for him yeah uh not not at all he was like so they pull me over whatever i'm like mm-hmm. well i don't want the whatever yeah yeah um so i i I think this has been a a good movement um, to to have those discussions as as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we've always had those discussions, uh, raising our biracial child and me being a biracial child, um, and I'm not even sure if that's the right term Mm -hmm. you know when I hear you know because I'm like well you know we're all part of the human race yeah I'm not yeah bi Mm -hmm. racial I'm just Cynthia who Mm -hmm. has uh you know brown skin and (laughs) curly hair curly hair um but I think that as as you said Hoka we've had those conversations with our children and I think that's where parents need to move towards see yes and you and i had those conversations with our kids because we had that experience absolutely and so we had to explain Mm -hmm. to our kids why we had that experience and i think um for other people i think it's uh because other people experience racism we need to teach our kids that racism exists Mm -hmm. And that together we can stop it. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you are one that experiences it or that doesn't experience racism. We both need to talk to our children. To be aware, I think, is the the first step, right? I think for, um, I mean, because you and I can share, I'm sure, stories all day. Mm -hmm. um, But I think it's for for parents to be aware of their own biases really to look inside and uh, you know what we hear again the the terminology systemic racism right Mm -hmm. so to look at how the system uh, fosters this tone of racism and how do we as as all parents combat it and teach our children to be Mm -hmm. Mm anti-racist i think a lot of parents uh, may feel you know at least you know a couple of my friends have mentioned 
they know of somebody or they are somebody that are hesitant to talk about race mm-hmm. with their children because they're just innocent souls, three, four year olds right. you know, that don't know anything, you know, or you don't want to cause st- stress to stress them about it. Absolutely. However, I mean, as as you just mentioned, um, people of color uh, are having these conversations with their children. And I think that just falls back into that privilege where we don't want to have that conversation with our children. Um, but, you know what, people of color are having that conversation with well, their children. My, yes, and they, because they have to. Because they, must. they have to, because it's in their face. Yes, <laughs> it's like preparing your kid for, yes. for the future, yes, but what the experiences mm-hmm. he will go through. Yes. Or, you know, um, yeah. when I hear fam- fa- parents, you know, feeling hesitant or not wanting to open up, openly talk about racism mm-hmm. with their children. Um, let's, I mean, I'm talking right now, like preschool kids. For sure. Like those yes. are the parents. Yep. Let's focus on that um, age. I feel that my advice to these parents is imp- it's important that people know that what is really scary is that children of color are growing up experiencing racism throughout their whole life. Mm-hmm. If you think of of others like that, then it changes. It I, I, at least I hope it changes your perspective. Absolutely, and that you you're not living in a you know in scared or in fear mm-hmm. of of that, right? Yeah. So I think that that's. Oh, if you really switch that thought to what really is scary, that those are living (laughs) every day, you know, even preschoolers. Well, and I mean, there are studies that um, I believe I might just be pulling this out of my mind, but they sort of say at six months old, babies start to detect differences in people, Mm -hmm. I believe. Um, And then by... The ages three, leaning towards four, is when um, some of those uh, racial biases start. Um, so, what children see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and what is being modeled for them, is already starting to impact their 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 thoughts. So, I think. Yes, we need to be having these conversations with three and four year olds. Um, mm-hmm. And we all n- notice difference. I had um, a little dude in my class. I'm sure the mom was very uncomfortable where uh, we were playing and hanging out. And he's like, wow, you have a brown face. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know I do have a brown face. It's brown. It's beautiful. I love it. Just like you love your face. And then we moved on to, you know, whatever else Mm -hmm. we were doing and building with. His mother was in the room and I could feel Mm -hmm. her squirming. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also thought this was really important because children do see differences Mm -hmm. and it's okay to talk about um, the differences. It's okay to talk about your brown eyes, your brown skin, your tan skin, your... Um, your white skin, your freckles, your blue eyes, your green eyes. Those are all things that we notice about people and mm-hmm. it's okay to talk about them and embrace them. And when we can talk to children about it, especially at an early age, I think it, um, I don't want to use the right word, it normalizes things, right? It just becomes part mm-hmm. of their 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 every every day. Yeah. I think it's uh, very important that uh, that we teach the children, our children, from a very young age, to value each human life as equal, mm-hmm. and teach them to stand up for each other, you know, any each other and injustices, though through recognizing the differences. Absolutely, with respect. And I and I always think Hoka um, again. We talked about in our introduction how you kind of think out of the box and you are that kind of trailblazer. And I remember, oh gosh, it would have been a few years ago, um, you did a unit on uh, we're, we're all different, we're all alike. Uh, mm. I'm, uh, 
probably going back seven years ago. (laughs) Sure, I did. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you're not really thematic based right now, but you know, that was Mm -hmm. the the time and programming. Um, And at first I was, I, I truthfully, I was a little, huh, I don't know how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Went home. Um, it's funny, I've never shared this with you. I know, you. I'm like, I'm, I'm very interested <laughs> to know. Um, went home and, and really had to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was more my uncomfortableness about bringing up skin tone and, um, mm. uh, you know, what, what we look like, what is our hair like? Yeah, I, I at first was a little uncomfortable. And then when I really thought about it, I was like, I love that Hoka is taking this on. Again, trailblazer, you think (laughs) about things, um, you know, because seven years ago, this wasn't a conversation Mm -hmm. that people were having. Mm -hmm. And, uh, or, you know, I was having it in my home. Was I having it in my classroom? Mm-hmm. No. Um, and I really applaud you, uh, applaud you for that. You know, when you say that, I, I, I think I kind of remember. I was, um, I remember thinking that we needed to do, I needed to bring that up with the kids somehow. Again, you know, um, appropriate age appropriate age appropriate Um, of course because the diversity that was in my classroom Mm -hmm. at that time and kids like you mentioned they are not colorblind they recognize colors and I think that's a great thing and when I have heard children in the bathroom when we're lining up to wash hands or something telling another kid you're you're dirty yeah and, and uh, right, somebody would be yeah. like, "Oh, that's rude! Don't say that. Move on." No, right. to me, I, t- I, I really—that's t- like my moment. I'm like, I want this moment to, to be, to be a, cha- to to be a good change. Like mm-hmm. I want this to be a learning experience right. that both of these children can go home, hopefully impacted in a positive way. Yes. Yeah. So when the kid said that in the bathroom, pointed at the other kid, um, the other kid w- responded, "I'm not dirty." And he said, the other one said, yes, you are. And pointing at his face. So then I watched for about two minutes, the mm-hmm. conversation. And then I went and I said, um, why, why do, are you saying he's dirty? Where is he dirty? And he pointed his skin. And now he pointed his arm. Mm. I said, okay, what color is his arm? And he said, it's black. And I said, yes, that's his skin. What's the color of your skin? Mm-hmm. And then the kid said, oh, um, yellow. And uh, I said, okay. I said, that's beautiful yellow. What's my skin color? Mm-hmm. And then they always, for some reason, say pink. But I'm like, <laughs> maybe we're confused. We need to work on our colors. <laughs> exactly. But, but I always say, you know, I'm brown. Yeah. My skin is brown. And he's, his skin is black. And your skin is yellow. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. He's not dirty. And then everyone was like, oh, okay. okay. Uh, I remember um, my assistant's eyes were like, <laughs> "Of course, what it's are you doing? Exactly. And then to make it more inclusive, then we went around. So we, yeah, bathroom break took us longer, but that was a learning experience mm-hmm. and opportunity. We went around and we looked at each other's color skin. We mm-hmm. talked about y- your skin, your skin, your skin color and how Every skin color was beautiful. Yes. And then we said, okay, so we understand now that we all have different skin colors. What's mine in repetition again, right? Of course. That's how children learn best. And it was good. We ended up the day good. And I I hope they they were impacted by that. That was... um, In the beginning when I first... That was like the first. (laughs) And I honestly... I was also like, what do I do? But again... (laughs) Uh, me also, I'm like, no, this is this needs to change, and we need to shape this right yes, here, yes, you know, a yeah. little bit, the situation. And um, it's happened other times where we are talking about colors with mm-hmm. children, and 
the kids themselves, they said, oh, I'm black. And, and you have to recognize it right. and, and be, you know, empower them to, to, to embrace themselves. Absolutely. I guess There's that's what that I'm trying to say. Amazing word, empowered, right? Yeah. Yeah. To empower, like, yeah, you just said you are black and you are black and you're proud of your skin color yes. and it's okay. Yes. And if you see, if I've noticed other children a little bit, you know, nervous about it and they don't know what they're thinking because they really don't know. Of course, they're three and four, they're little. Yeah. Then I include them in yes. the conversation. And yes. again, now tell me about your skin color, you know, so that mm -hmm. we can recognize each other's yeah. skin colors and that it's okay yeah. and that we're the same. Yes. But yeah, I I think I remember a little bit of yeah. where it, this is where it came from. I don't remember exactly the whole unit. The whole unit, yeah. But yeah, I think those are opportunities that we need to be teaching. Absolutely. And learning from. Yes. And I just was, um, especially now, being able to reflect um, on that, I just was, yeah, really in awe of you for pushing past that discomfort and having, and having those conversations with children. Mm -hmm. And thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I was like, you know, I feel like I'm like sometimes it is a um, delicate in a way for people. A topic that I have learned, especially in the last couple months, that I'm not going to tiptoe around it anymore. Mm -hmm. Nobody's tiptoeing around it when they, you know, Say things. Say things to you. Yes. Or assume things of me. Absolutely. So why do I need to tiptoe around it when I'm, you know, standing up for something that I think is wrong? Mm -hmm. And and that's actu actually my thought of everything. If, if someone says something that is totally ridiculous and inappropriate. Right. And they felt that they could say it. Well, then I also feel. <laughs> that like you I could say something I back. I can say something yeah. back and, and hopefully help you out. Yes. Yep. Well, and I think that's, um, you know, uh, things that parents can do, I think, is to educate themselves, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. be aware of their biases, and kind of, you know, when you see something, say something. Um, and also, you know, I think that this has kind of been the tipping point and it's a time where we can all reflect. And I think it was like Maya Angelou said something along the lines of, you know, when you know better, do better. Mm -hmm. Right. And now we're beginning to know better. We can do better. Are we going to make mistakes? Are we going to say wrong things? Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, but hopefully we have, friends around us and family around us that can call us out on on those things yeah and we can help guide children in our classrooms um when questions come up or even just you know what meet it head on have these discussions right we talk about uh you know our colors mm -hmm. uh, we talk about our abcs in our classroom mm -hmm. you know we're focused on you know, the, well, that's, we'll save that for another piece, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, there's uh, focus on the academics. Well, I also think the, you know, I know in your classroom and a big part of my little Lotus is the social emotional mm -hmm. well, wellness of children. And that social wellness begins with talking about, mm -hmm. you know, racism. Well, uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, if parents are wondering, okay, so now, now I hear your story, I hear your experience, yep. how, what does it look like to teach our children? Um, so how can we, you know, teach our children yes. to not be, to be anti-racist yes. and to be yes. aware of those situations to be better? And I think my, my, my advice would be, you know, just, just, if you're experiencing racism and you're still also scared to talk to your children about it, um, don't be. Mm -hmm. You need to, we don't, we want your kid and yourself also to be empowered to, to embrace who you are. Yes. Be proud of who you are in your family and in your, your body. Yes. 
Yeah, and and just talk about it with children because they, they our children need that and mm-hmm. they need that reassurance all the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you mentioned something about you know we're gonna make mistakes, you are going to make mistakes, and I think an important thing about making mistakes is also that we we can teach our children um, that we recognize the mistake yes. we made. Yeah, and and uh, and maybe if if you made the mistake in front of your children. You know, maybe also apologize to your children and, right. and say, you know, that was not right that I said that. Yeah. And normally they ask, but why you well, said it? <laughs> yes, they do. Um, and I think for parents also to, again, going back to, um, you know, check your own biases, check how, you know, your own feelings. And, you know, sometimes things can be so ingrained we might not notice it um but our children notice Mm -hmm. right they see things um if for families if they or for parents if they see something you know out in in public i will you know i have regrets i was with a friend uh in las vegas and there was blatant racism directed towards a um a Korean family, I believe. Um, and I have, uh, you know, um, our friend Lisa and I have discussed it a little bit that neither of us said anything, mm-hmm. um, but we should have. Um, th- we were we had gone into mm-hmm. a restaurant. She and I got, um, you know, the, the wait staff was, you know, pleasant, lovely to us. Um, tables were full, we'd have to wait, and this family walked in, and they were completely ignored. I mean, so much so that both Lisa and I looked at each other because we were like, oh, mm-hmm. we should have said something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think now, I, I understand that feeling because there were, there's many occasions that I also haven't said anything, or I also have laughed at the jokes. Right. Um, and I just think, um, it just it, it does bother me that I didn't do anything mm-hmm. but now moving forward absolutely I guess that's where you can make it up and just be the you know be different yes. and and I think uh, for example for Matt he when I was asking him about racism what he thought of for himself when he mm-hmm. shared his story with me again he and said you have to understand I have to understand he said as a white person he said, mm-hmm. I have to understand who I am and how I can carefully listen to others' experiences. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting just to even, um, just with some reading that I've been doing, um, sort of like prejudice versus mm-hmm. racism. And when we talk about racism, it is about the the system, mm-hmm. right? And how for our Indigenous brothers and sisters and uh, others, the system is set to not um, perhaps make it, or, or, or it's it's not set to make them successful. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, maybe I'm stepping over the line here. I don't know. I think with Matt, what Matt received in Mexico perhaps wasn't Mm-hmm. racism but mm-hmm. was prejudice mm-hmm. right that but certainly something that made him uncomfortable and made him recognize his privilege his privilege and and that yes yeah i yeah i think i think what you're saying is right because yeah he didn't feel in uh, you know in danger or, or or he wasn't worried that he was i mean I was going to say he wasn't worried that it wasn't going to happen the next day. It did happen the next day. It <laughs> happened the whole time he was in Mexico. But he didn't, you know, he didn't feel in danger. Absolutely. You know, this, if anything, the same people that were calling him this, you know, mm-hmm. name were friendly also. Right. E- e- exactly. Right? Yes. So, yep. so it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. It, and, and it just, it gives him a glimpse of the idea, sure. it, an idea of what it's like. Of standing out and being being different. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would have to say, um, you know, Grant had that, um, that where you feel different. 
Um, you know, we always laugh that here in Canada, he's just the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he can walk into a store. Nobody will remember him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I walk into a store, mm-hmm. oh, you're that girl, right? Mm-hmm. That, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, I often tease him. I'm like, it must be nice to go through life just yes, yeah. sliding <laughs> through. <laughs> I think, um, no, I think it's very important yeah. so to teach children, you know, take every opportunity. You're not going to sit them down and, okay, we're going to talk about racism right now. No, it is, um, and uh, Matt and I came to this conclusion when we were talking about racism. It's not, it's never going to end. It is a journey mm-hmm. in how we live that journey or how we can Im- make a change in that journey. Yes for you know to to see each other in a positive light yes so i think that take every opportunity to talk to your children if you hear something um i always tell my kids and even um i think it's easy for me to tell my kids to do this but um i i need to start doing this more if i hear something that you know say hey that sounds racist Mm -hmm. and again the thought of like for me, what gives me the power to say that is that if you could say something like that, I think I can say something that it's going to hopefully help you understand and maybe we can maybe we can be better. Absolutely. Or, hey, that's offensive because we don't yep. say that. I don't say that. I, I know when I've been, I mean, it's very hard for me to be, get offended. <laughs> but maybe... I don't know. I guess when people are trying to offend me when they have, you know, made fun of me, my accent. Right. Um, I'm, I'm not offended, but I'm like, maybe I should say that's offensive. That's I am offended or I, that yeah, is, offensive, it is offensive, even if you're not, even if I'm not. Yeah, that's offended, what I'm, I'm like. Yeah. Maybe I should just still use that opportunity mm-hmm. to teach others yep. um, or just, you know, we I think we need to open ourselves up to hear the uh, what others are telling us and. And maybe when they're hurting us or yes. when we are hurting them. Tell yes. me when I'm hurting you. Ab- absolutely. With the comments, right? Yeah. And I loved, um, Hoka, um, what you said about ha- having those discussions with children. And I think that's where parents um, that, I, that I'm hearing from, from the families who have been reaching out, that's where I feel that they are are having a hard time starting, right? It's not that you go, okay, everybody, let's gather around the table. <laughs> Tonight, we're going to talk yeah. about mm-hmm. racism. That's not a way to talk about it with three and four-year-olds. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we start by um, setting the example ourselves because mm-hmm. we are the role model. So what, you know, we check about ourselves. I think um, what we had talked about earlier is... Um, uh, look for diversity, look for inclusion, look for, you know, people of all shades of color, right? In your community, in your schools. Um, we talked about, you know, the big ways that you can do it and the small ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I know previously we talked about, you know, you know, the big way to celebrate diversity is going to, now I know this year's a little different, Mm -hmm. but going to something like Heritage Days, right? Mm -hmm. Where you get to see different cultures, children uh, have those experiences, Mm -hmm. and those are great. I think, you know, that's a a start. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, go to restaurants that maybe serve different food. Mm-hmm. Um, an opportunity, you know, often with restaurants serve different food. Often uh, the people who are there who have made these restaurants might be culture, you know, are their own culture or color skin. So I think that's that's a big start. Um, and I also think um, when you're, you know, you're saying those things, you know, do this and do that. I also think recognize when we talk to others about others mm-hmm. that we don't, why do we always have to start? Why do I always have to listen to, you know, someone tell me, you know, um, so yeah, she has a, a new boyfriend. He's black. Yes. Or, yep. you know, he's first nations. Yes. Why does that even it, like, tell me about the person. 
Exactly. You know, like, if, yep. if, if, you know, things like that. So when we talk about or when we refer to somebody, may that be like something like the person, you know, the, the qualities the person has, the impact that, you know, this person has had on my life. Or, you know, if I just, just not... Just based on based the color, based on of their the skin. color of their skin. Absolutely, I just think because I, I think that's a lot. That's very common, yeah. and it is a description. Absolutely, it is. But there's all these other descriptions <laughs> you can yes, pick. Yes, there is exactly that. I think maybe um, it is take it as a you know a challenge. You mm-hmm. know, challenge mm-hmm. yourself. Say if you're gonna describe some somebody to another person, or think of the other things you can describe this person as before starting with the skin color and i always you know growing up would have these um these discussions with my dad um uh i mean my dad grew up in the states during the um uh jim crow civil rights segregation uh that was my dad's um life Mm -hmm. um growing up so, of course, these were conversations he always had with me, but he was always like, look at the media. You know, it's always when they're talking about people, it's always mentioning people of color, right? So the black person, the indigenous person, like you said, but never the white person mm-hmm. or, you know, or mm-hmm. based on that. So I think um, that's always been something that I've been aware of on how we describe people. And I think we need to be aware of that. Like you said, when we are describing people to children, because Mm -hmm. if we are using it as a descriptor there, again, we are, um, it's that balance of we we're, we're different because we have different skin tones, but it shouldn't be what, defines us mm-hmm. right and um i i just want to share this because um uh, i have a friend she lived in mexico as well um when i met her she's she was from california mm-hmm. and um and she wrote something that um i think it's very I, like i respect this so much um she said my children have never had to fear of because of the color of their skin or that their parents would be mistreated by anyone in authority. I am ashamed to admit I never heard the term white privilege until this week. I have never thought that injustice was happening all around me because I've never experienced it and falsely believed that we are all treated equally and fairly since that's what I've always tried to do. My eyes have been opened. I must, as a follower of Jesus, stand up for injustices, love and serve the oppressed and do better. I will study, I will learn, I will give, and I will teach my children to do the same. We have to do better. We can't remain silent now that we know. And I messaged her and I was like, um, oh, and I get emotional about it because I think it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I met her and like, she's an amazing woman and, um, she's admitting she didn't know herself. So to me, that was like, I really respect that. And I, I messaged her and I said, can I please repost your post? Because Mm -hmm. I think it's very powerful. Powerful. It absolutely is. And, uh, I was surprised by her post. Um, but it was so encouraging to see mm-hmm. her post and it invites others to reflect, to admit and to learn and that you don't, nobody should judge somebody for not knowing, for not, you know, like, you know, for, for me, maybe even, you know, using those, that kind of language towards others. If you didn't know, I think if you want to learn and you study and yes. then you put it in practice, yeah, I think that is the most important thing and the best you can do. And I think that's powerful for your children to see you doing mm-hmm. that and for I'm um, that woman mm-hmm. to admit, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's hard for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a powerful example for her, her, her children. I, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, that is so amazing that I, I just couldn't feel happier 
that she recognized yeah. something that is so important for other people um, in a way that, you know, they, they have to live that way, unfortunately. And she recognized her privilege and she's, she's willing to learn. Absolutely. And um, so I guess I just, and I want to wrap it up with this. And I want to just say that, uh, because I just think, you know, her post was so amazing and it got me to think of these things. May you be encouraged to be a person who is willing to listen to others' experiences and feelings. <laughs> and may you be a parent that role models the willingness to learn. Because I think we sometimes we want to be perfect parents and so strong to our kids mm -hmm. that we got it. And they can also know that we want to learn and that yes. we make mistakes. And I think that is so powerful powerful yes 